You're listening to the Save the Marriage Podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. Hey, this is Lee Bauckham, and this is the Save the Marriage Podcast. I designed this podcast now since 2013 that's here for you working through your issues in your marriage, even if you're at the beginning stages. Yeah, so we're now coming up on eight years of putting out a weekly podcast so that you can find your way through a process that can be confusing and overwhelming, frustrating at times, so difficult. And as we walk through this, we can talk about how you can work to restore your relationship even if you don't see a way through this. Which kind of brings us to today. I get a lot of uh, requests for questions on the podcast and basically because I ask for you to submit them because I want to be answering the questions that are important to you. I want to be making sure that this is targeted on what's important to you, not just what I assume is important to you. That's been kind of my hallmark all along as I created the Save the Marriage system. Every time we added something to it, it's because we knew we had to answer your question. I knew that we had to make sure that your issues were covered. So I started with one iteration now what, almost 20, well, 20 years ago, and have continued to add to it, change it, grow it, and then put out all the information that's in the podcast, all because I want to make sure that we're answering where you're stuck, that I'm providing the information where you're stuck, that we provide coaching where you're stuck. So what I noticed over this last little while is that we've gotten a lot of people who are asking, you know, what do you do when you're so stuck? What do you do when you keep feeling knocked down and you just don't know what to do. So today we're talking about what happens when you get knocked down. How do you stand back up? Better yet, do you even stand back up? What do you do with that process? So here are the messages I've been getting. I found out my spouse is having an affair. How do I even keep going? I found out my spouse is having an emotional affair or an inappropriate affair, or is committing infidelity of some sort, emotional infidelity. All these came through. How do I keep moving forward? Then there's some others that are more like, I've got this really irritable spouse, and I want to save my marriage, but they're they're so irritable all the time, it's kind of like trying to get near a porcupine. How do I keep going? I just feel so frustrated with the process. And then others are so angry and resentful themselves that they don't know how to keep going, much less dealing with the anger and resentment that is in their spouse. And so in all of those places, the question is, how do you keep going in the face of these pieces facing us? That's what we want to talk about today. Now, you may have another question about this. And if so, I am still taking questions for the podcast. You can send it to podcast at savethemarriage.com. That's podcast at savethemarriage.com. Now, I do need to warn you, this is not the method to get coaching. That's not what this is designed for because the coaching would be about your specific situation and we would want to really you know, pull into the details of that. So if you've got a really specific question that's really about your situation alone, 
you want to handle that through coaching, through one of my coaching programs. I do coaching. I have a team of coaches. We have a, a, a virtual coaching program. All of those would be ways of getting that answered. Then there's another group of questions that I also won't answer. I can't say I can't, but I won't answer it. And that is, how do I save my marriage? Just flat out, how do I save my marriage? Well, that's why I created the Save the Marriage System. I couldn't even do that in a podcast over, I don't know, hours of time. That That's just way more than we can do in a podcast. So you, if you have something that's specific, but would broadly speak to lots of other people, that's where the, the Goldilocks question would be. So these questions are fit that, you know, what do I do when I hit a roadblock? What do I do when I discover an affair? I discover an emotional affair. What do I do when I've got an irritable spouse or an angry and resentful spouse or I'm angry and resentful myself and I keep feeling knocked down? What do I do? How do I stand back up? So now let's tackle the big myth that stands in the way. And that is the myth that somehow this process was ever going to be smooth. (laughs) That this process was ever going to be a direct, smooth, easy process. Forget easy. Some people think that at least it's going to be an upward, continual trajectory. At least that's what they want to believe. And the fact is that this is a journey up and down, through valleys, climbing mountains, Sometimes on an easy walk and other times climbing slowly through the rocks and picking yourself up over the places where you trip. That's just part of this process. And we don't really understand that kind of as humans. You know, how many times, I know for myself, have you ever started some project thinking, well, this will go smoothly, <laughs> knowing in the back of your head <laughs> That that never happens, right? I find myself doing so many do-it-yourself projects that I just think, okay, I've got this. I know how this is supposed to work. I'll get it done. And then I find that something doesn't quite work. I have extra parts or something else. Some years ago, a couple of years back, I was helping my son. He had a, a broken screen on his laptop, and so we were replacing the screen. And I thought, oh, I, I watched the YouTube video. You know, I've got this. I've got the tools. I've got the part. This should be no part problem. At the end of it, it was a problem. <laughs> the screen didn't turn back on. So we had to work through it again. And the fact is there are times when things seem like they should be straightforward, and they aren't. You know, it's it's kind of like if you, let's say you decide you're going to diet, right? And you, you want to lose some weight for some reason. And and so you start your diet. And, and for the first couple of weeks, you're like, oh, this is great. Uh, the pounds are coming off. And then suddenly you hit the plateau. And sometimes that plateau can make you feel like you're making no progress. And then suddenly you start progressing again. The same thing if you decide to start exercising. You know, you... You decide to start running and, and soon, you know, you can you can get your speed up a good bit and then suddenly you can't increase it so fast. Or if you're trying to lift more weight, you can lift more weight and then suddenly you can't. And so this is kind of a constant regular process for, for us that we forget about and we don't apply to everything. We forget that that is the case, that... There is not such a thing as a smooth process wherein we're trying to take on something of any magnitude. Well, that's true with saving your marriage. You're going to have times when you think you're making progress only to find that 
you haven't made the progress you thought. You think you're moving forward and you get tripped up. You think you're doing great and you fall down. You think you're doing great and you hit a roadblock. So let me just be the first to tell you that is normal. That is part of the process. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with your process. It is part of the process. If this was easy to do, you wouldn't be listening to the podcast. You wouldn't be working through my information or somebody else's information. This would have all happened on its own. The fact is that there's a challenge in finding something new, and that's where you are. So let's just wipe away this whole myth of it being smooth and steady and recognize that it's going to be up and down. And sometimes the downs look like showstoppers. Sometimes the downs look like they're the end of the line. But they're just part of the process. So part of what you have to do is really think about how your emotional state is going and how you're going to manage and maintain your emotional state. Because how you're doing emotionally will affect how you're doing in the process. If you find yourself emotionally drained, emotionally frustrated, emotionally exhausted, you're not going to have what it takes to get through. So what does it take to get through? Let me talk about something to connect to and something to disconnect from. First of all, be sure and connect with your why, why you're doing something. It's one of the things that I've recognized in my own life that the reason I've ever changed something is because there was a strong enough why to overcome my reasons why not. My why outweighed the why nots. In fact, as I kind of think back on when I decided to get in better shape, I didn't just one day say, you know what, I think I'm going to get in better shape. (laughs) I think that's going to be it. It was actually because I wanted to do something else. Now, that's cascaded, and you know, now I'm so far beyond that that I sometimes forget that fact. But the fact was, when I started getting into shape, I was recovering from an illness that we thought was going to be pretty tragic. And I wasn't exercising. I wasn't getting in better shape because you know, I suddenly had a wake-up call. The fact was that I was doing something else. My wife had given me uh, the opportunity to take scuba diving lessons. I'd always wanted to scuba dive. I'd always put it off. And she said, now's the time. And so I was taking the lessons, and I realized how bad a shape I was. And I wanted to be good at what I was doing. I wanted to be a safe diver. I wanted to be you know, a good diver. And so part of that was me saying, okay, I've got to take better care of my health. I've got to get into shape. My why to get into shape was because of the what I wanted to do. How does that apply to you? Well, you're saving your marriage for a reason. There's a why to it. And there are a couple of layers to that why. I ask people when they're building their plan to write out all of their reasons why. What is your why? Just why are you doing this? And people will start naming things like, I don't want to take the financial hit. I don't want to lose access to my kids. I don't want to uh, lose part of our house. I, I, you know, I don't want to lose part of my retirement. There's a whole lot of fear things. I don't know how I'll survive. Those are fear factors. But then there's some other ones that come up. 
I want to show my kids that you work through things. I want to break this path of divorce that's in my family. I want to break the history of divorce that's in my family. I want to honor my commitment. I believe that this is important. There are lots of those reasons. I've just named a few that I hear, but there are lots of reasons. And so when people name all of their whys, I then ask them to go back and knock off all the fear reasons. Those are the nots. I don't want to. Whatever the I don't want to is almost always tied to a fear. I don't want to lose something. But then there are these I want to's. And those are the reasons why that matter. But you've got to attach to them. So one of the things about that scuba diving thing was it was a weekly class for a couple of months. And so I was going the rest of the week to the gym to get into shape and slowly kind of rebuild my body. And so I had eight weeks where I was going, you know, when I didn't want to go to the gym, I was like, oh, no, but, you know, Sunday's coming. The class is coming. I I want to be better for that class. And it started building on itself. And after two months of doing that, of getting into shape, I was going, wow, I'm making some progress here. And it became self-sustaining. But sometimes I had to remind myself later on of why. Right now, we're in the middle of COVID. One of the things that has been off the plate for me is going to jujitsu, and I miss it terribly. And so one of the things that's happening now as I'm exercising is I want to make sure that I'm in good enough shape to go back to jujitsu. Now, I already know I'm not going to step in as good as I was when I left. It will have been about a year at least before I can go back. And so during that time, of course, my skills have gotten a little dull. And so all I'm trying to do is create the environment that I could go back as well as possible. So today, this morning, I was, you know, not feeling like the exercise thing. And I was trying to get myself motivated. And so I focused on why I was exercising right now. I mean, it's a trivial thing for a lot of people. It's just a class, right? It's just jujitsu. But for me, it was a reason why. There's a reason why to break a sweat, to come down and make the effort. So when we have a why, it allows us to keep moving forward even when we get knocked down, even when we don't feel like it. So that's what we connect to, our why. But we've got to disconnect from something else, and that's the hurt. What I've realized is it never makes much sense for me to make decisions based on my hurt feelings. Sometimes we have to say, you know what, that's not what matters here. We can disconnect from our hurt feelings, our frustration, our pains, because there is the why. We connect with our why. It almost always disconnects us from the hurt, the discouragement. So we have to disconnect from that hurt so that we can keep moving forward. Now, Moving forward doesn't mean we just plow ahead. Sometimes you've got to take a break and take care. Sometimes you have to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to give myself a couple of hours to be upset about this or a day. Sometimes I'll talk with somebody who, you know, something's happened and I'll just say, hey, why don't we give this a couple of days just to filter down? Maybe they've discovered something. They've discovered an emotional affair or even an affair or something else going on and they are suddenly overwhelmed. And my answer to that is to say, let's give it a little time. Let's let this filter out a little bit because this is pretty fresh. 
And when something is this fresh, we need to let it kind of filter down and let us get back to our stable place. We all are going to get into panic mode when something unexpected happens, when something unexpected comes up. So we just accept that and give ourselves some space. So once we've given ourselves some space, we take a break from it, then we can go back to our reasons why. And my suggestion, if you say, I need a break, is to make that, A, something that's not obvious to your spouse, right? So whatever's going on, you don't say, okay, well, I'm going to come back to this in a week, or I'm not going to say anything to my spouse at all with no contact, nothing for however long you decide, right? You want to make sure that it is a break that you can at least manage to be friendly and kind, if not working on things. So take a break though, take a little time, take a little break and then take care because one of the things that often happens is that people are working so hard and putting so much energy into their efforts to save a marriage that they exhaust themselves and then all it takes is one little thing to kick them over the edge, one more piece that breaks them down because they have no reserves. So how do you take care of yourself? Well, I do think that it is a great thing to make sure that you have a support system and a support system, meaning, you know, that you're not telling everybody what's going on in your marriage, but that you have other people that are part uh, of being in your corner, maybe friends that you don't even talk to about your relationship, but they're there in your life. They're a social piece. Maybe there's a friend that is going to accept you and not judge you because you keep working on this, even if other friends think it's ridiculous, right? Because that's part of this process. So many people are used to divorce is the answer that if somebody says, I don't want that to be the answer, sometimes friends don't know what to do with that. They see you in pain. They want you out of pain. And the way to get you out of pain is to get you divorced. At least that's what they think, not knowing the reality of that. So find a friend that can be a safe outlet. Find a therapist or a coach or a minister who is on the side of your marriage and let them be a source of support when you're not feeling it anywhere else. Make sure that you're investing in hobbies for yourself, doing something that's fun and enjoyable, something that breaks you away from what you're doing with the marriage, the project of your marriage. Many times people come in and they basically tell me that the project of their life is their marriage, which means that their spouse has become the project. And that rarely is helpful for the relationship, for the spouse, or for the person. So make sure that you're having a place where you have some energy coming back to you, that there's something that comes back into your life to provide the energy for you to move back into the relationship. Hobby is great for that. Reading, listening to music, maybe watching and binging on an episode of something if if you need to have a little escape, finding some break from that. Here's the thing that a lot of people underestimate. Your rate of self-expansion, of how you're becoming a better you affects how well your relationship is restored. In my Thrivology work, part of what I'm trying to do is make sure that people are thriving in their life, including in their relationship, but in other areas of their life because it plays off each other. You're not one-dimensional. Make sure you attend to the other dimensions. Make sure you're getting the rest you need, the exercise you need, eating well, making sure you're taking care of the stress, and that you have some interesting places for energy to come into your life. Now what? Well, some people 
tell me that they're finished. And let me just say that there is a time and a place to say, I'm finished, I'm done, I'm not going to work on this anymore. And you're the only one who can decide when that is. But I suggest you consider whether you're frustrated or finished. Sometimes people feel finished when they're really feeling frustrated. Finished is about a time and a place. This time, where I am right now, I'm done, right? And the other piece that's important about that is that it is a final decision that you make not because of your feelings, but because you have realized that you're not willing to move forward anymore. Sometimes we don't feel like moving forward, but that's different than not being willing to move forward. Frustration can feel the same, but there's a difference between the final I'm done and the feeling of frustration. Sometimes a little coaching can help you distinguish that. So how do we move through this? How do you deal with that frustration and keep moving forward? Well, you have a plan. You've probably heard me say this, and if you have a plan written down, good for you. That puts you in the minority of people that I talk to. A plan has to be written down to actually be a plan. Otherwise, it's a thought, maybe a good idea. It's a concept. But a plan needs to be written down so you can refer to it. You can look at it. So make sure you have a plan. The second thing is there's almost a dichotomy here. You want to think long-term view. At the same time, you're tied into the daily action. If you start thinking about your plan and all that you have to do in your plan, it can be overwhelming. But, you know, in Alcoholics Anonymous and other 12-step groups, they talk about one day at a time. That your focus for everything is today. What am I going to do today? But let's just kind of draw an interesting distinction here. It's kind of like you have to do two thought processes at the same time. If you're thinking, for instance, about your retirement and you're planning for your retirement, you're planning out way down the road what you're going to do with your money now for down the road. I mean, that's, that's part of what we do with retirement. What can I do now to save money to have it for down the road? So I'm having a long-term view of where I'm headed. But how do I save now? Day by day. Choosing what I spend today. Choosing work today. And so there's this place where you can do the same with your marriage. It's your long-term goal is saving your relationship, restoring the relationship, bringing back connection into the relationship. And then you recognize, but you can only do what you're doing today. Not thinking about what's going to happen tomorrow or next week or a month later or two months later or six months later, but what am I going to do today? In fact, What I am aware of is how much of frustration is us projecting forward into what does this mean about tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, next decade, when what we're really dealing with is right now, this moment. So make sure you have a long-term perspective on your goal, but your goals actually happen on a daily action. Okay, so let's say that you're taking care of that. You're you're doing your self-care. You're giving yourself some breaks. You're aware of all of this. You're aware of how you can diminish your frustration using a plan and that long-term view, but daily actions. 
If you're still stuck, that's a great time to get coaching, to get help, because that means that you need some outside perspective to get there. It's kind of what we offer. I have coaches on staff that work with uh, clients every day. I do that. I work with clients. I have only a limited number of spots, but I also do that because we want to make sure that if you're stuck, we can help you get out of that. A lot of times people will come up to me and say, hey, do you think I need coaching? (laughs) I smile and say, it's not that. It's whether you want coaching. (laughs) Everybody could use some coaching. But there are only some people who are willing to say, yep, I'm ready for that. I want some coaching. So maybe that's you. Maybe that fits for you. If so, let me know. You can send me a note at coach at savethemarriage.com. That's coach at savethemarriage.com. Or visit our information page at savethemarriage.com slash coaching. That's savethemarriage.com slash coaching. Now, I'll give you a little secret. And it's not a big secret that I hold back, but it's a secret. If you grab my Save the Marriage system, you get some free coaching included. So if you grab the Save the Marriage system, one of the things I give is a free week of my VIP program, which is a virtual coaching program. Got lots of tools, resources, a fill-in-the-blank plan, my apology letter formula, all kinds of tools to help you, plus your opportunity to be on a conference call with me and submit your questions for that so that we can go through that and get some coaching that way. And as part of the system, I also have one of my coaches reach out to you if you want it. We don't force it. You have to tell us that you want that. And one of my coaches can reach out to you and talk you through the best way to get started. That's about a 15, 20-minute conversation with them just to make sure that you know if you've got some some stuck points, some immediate stuck points that they can help you. And if you need further help, they're available for that too. So where do you start? Savethemarriage.com. Grab the system. Get started. Don't allow yourself to just be knocked down and to stay down. You get to choose. If you're knocked down, stand back up. Let's keep moving. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you work to save your marriage. You've been listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com.